Because you are. I know you are. Because I'm not. I know I'm not. Could you love me? second week of our current series all about grace but only the very first week of Advent and all of us can agree that the season of Advent is a very special season it's a season of grace in fact I'm making the argument in this series that in this season before Christmas there are particular graces available to us not available at other times of the year so we're going to spend some time talking about grace and specifically the grace available to us right now. Grace is gift. It's a gift we receive from God. We experience grace when God acts in our lives and accomplishes what we could never accomplish all alone and on our own or only through our own power and ability. Over these Advent weeks, we're going to look at grace and our relationship to it. So, last week, we looked at the importance of recognizing, using a, 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 an image from Scripture, recognizing that we are like sheep, sheep who need a shepherd. We need God to guide us and lead us, and when we allow Him to do that, grace can meet us wherever we are to provide whatever we need. We also mentioned that Ultimately, we receive grace so that we can extend grace. Today, we're looking at the gift of peace, the gift of peace that God very much wants to give us this Advent season. Pretty much any time of year, but most especially this time of year, we want peace. We want more peace. We want greater peace in our lives. We want peace in our hearts and homes. We want peace in our family circle and our workplace or at school. We yearn desperately and pray sincerely for peace on earth. We want peace, but it doesn't take much reflection or thought to realize that we cannot have it only by our own energy and effort. Other things get in the way. Perhaps you sometimes feel anxious and upset, and that gets in your way. Perhaps worry and fear rob you of peace. Perhaps other people's desires and demands stand in your way. Your peace may be disrupted regularly by a nosy neighbor, a noisy kid, an uncooperative coworker. The evening news can do it. The political landscape can do it. The anger of another 
can very efficiently and effectively do it for sure, but think about it. In our world today and throughout human history, peace is not the natural order of things. And when it does happen, the experience seems and often is elusive. We know quite well that despite our most fervent desire and often our very best efforts, we can neither maintain or sometimes even achieve a balance of peace. Of course, what we can't achieve on our own, God's grace can achieve for us. Really, any experience of peace is a moment of God's grace, and we've all experienced those moments sometimes, but we actually can experience them more often, like most all of the time. How? Well, to answer that question, we're going to take a look briefly at a scripture passage taken from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. To understand Paul's letter to the Corinthians, it's helpful to know a little bit about Corinth. Corinth was an important and international city of the Roman Empire, containing great wealth due to a robust manufacturing sector, including shipbuilding, the production of bronze, ceramics, and textiles. Corinth was also known for luxury goods, including mirrors, a Corinthian mirror in one's home was considered quite the status symbol. Most of all, Corinth was geographically predestined to be a corridor of commercial trade, strategically located between the Adriatic and the Aegean. As a city of mariners and other international traders, it also developed a reputation for indulgence and decadence, an ancient sin city. The expression, live like a Corinthian, suggested a life of pleasure and even debauchery. This, in turn, inevitably promoted a dehumanizing culture of prostitution, abortion, and not only widespread violence, but the celebration of violence. Corinth was anything but a peaceful city. And it was in this unlikely setting that Paul established a church. Despite the headwinds of the culture, as well as experiencing some hostile opposition from his fellow Jews, Paul actually succeeded in establishing a Christian community in Corinth over the course of the 18 months that he lived there. However, from the start, there were problems in the church. Of course, Christians would consistently and inevitably succumb to the allures and temptations that surrounded them in Corinth but one of the biggest problems, actually, was simply a consistent lack of harmony among church members. The church suffered from deep division and disunity as people fought with one another, forming cliches and factions in the process, cliches and factions that even had their own codes of conduct. So Paul writes his letter, in part, to establish healing and harmony, to reestablish wholeness and help the community come together. From the very beginning of his letter, Paul forthrightly address, addresses the issue at hand. Paul wrote, Brothers and sisters, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. It's from Paul that we know grace and peace go together. 
In grace, we acknowledge God is our Father. In grace, we acknowledge that Christ is our Lord. And that acknowledgement introduces peace into our hearts. How does it work? Well, peace comes from the grace of knowing that God is God and we're not. But even more so, that we have a family relationship with God. And that, that is a peace the world cannot give. That's a peace the world cannot take away. The world can only give us an absence of conflict or a temporary truce, such as we saw this past week in Gaza. But when the truce ends, the conflict tragically resumes. It's a passing peace. When Paul talked about blessing the Corinthians with peace, he meant something far greater than just an absence of conflict. His greeting suggests a fullness of life, a well-being of spirit, prosperity of the soul that comes from God's presence in our lives. It's a gift that comes from knowing who we are in relationship with God. His blessing continues. He wrote, I give thanks to my God always on your account. Paul is thankful to the Corinthians, even though their infighting and conflict were a major headache for him, threatening to destroy the very community he'd worked so hard to establish. But despite their problems, Paul understood that God was at work in their community, and he believed that God would continue to work in their community, and for that, he was grateful. You can't feel grateful and agitated at the same time. The two are mutually exclusive. Peace is a fruit of gratitude. Paul continues, in Christ, you were enriched in every way, especially with all discourse and all knowledge. Through his blessing, Paul reminds the Corinthians that they've been enriched in every way by Christ. And that's a common theme of Paul's writing, basic to his description of the Christian life. It brings riches and blessings to every area of our life. But then he specifically digs into their gifts and talents. The Corinthians greatly valued and prided themselves on their culture and sophistication. In a sense, they, they were snobs. Pride was definitely at the heart of their divisions. And Paul is saying, if you want harmony, be grateful, not prideful. He continues, God will keep you firm to the end. In other words, we really can have peace in our hearts when we remember that God's grace is always available to us to strengthen us no matter what, no matter what challenges we face in life. You know, the gift of peace is no guarantee that all will go well or even as planned. The promise of peace is not that everyone in your family will get along this Christmas. They won't. The promise of peace is not that you will never experience trouble again. You will. God doesn't make those promises. Here's the promise God makes. You will have trouble in life. Count on it. And when you do, count on my grace. My grace can strengthen you to remain at peace. You can have peace this Christmas not because the issues and drama of your family life will magically go away 
or your troubles are suddenly out of sight, but because God's grace is available to keep you at peace. And even should you fall or fail, like the Corinthians did, Paul reminds us God is faithful. God is faithful, and God remains faithful no matter what. When you fail and fall, God doesn't give up on you. You can fail innumerable times. There's no limit to the number of times you can fail, and God will always be there. He will always be faithful. So, here's what you need to know, and here's what you need to do when it comes to receiving the grace of peace this Advent. What you need to know first, grace and peace go together. In grace, we acknowledge God is our Father. In grace, we acknowledge that Christ is our Lord. Second, peace comes from the grace of knowing we have that kind of relationship with God. And third, peace is a fruit of gratitude. That's, that's what you need to know. And here's what you need to do. And warning up front, you're not going to like it. You need to confess your sins. You need to confess your sins. And I know, I know, I know. Maybe you don't think about confession as an exercise for this time of year when we're all trying to be of good cheer and stay focused on the positive. But the more and the more sincerely you confess your faults and failures, the greater peace you will have in your heart. Think about it. Point for point, confessing our sins is exactly what we're talking about. Confession acknowledges that God is God and we're not. Confession is an expression of the relationship that we can have with God. We confess our sins precisely because of that relationship. And confession, believe it or not, is an expression of gratitude for what God has done and what He can do in our lives. Of course, there are different ways to do this. A simple way is called an examination of conscience. This is confessing daily on your own in your daily quiet time, taking time to examine and acknowledge your faults and failures before God, and then making a sincere act of contrition. And if you don't know what an examination of conscience or an act of contrition is, we've got you covered. Pick up one of these cards at either of the kiosks on the concourse or online. It explains everything. Of course, a powerful way to confess our sins is to go to confession, sacramental confession. So, over the next two Saturdays, we are expanding our hours of confession from noon to 2 p.m., and we'll have multiple confessors available and on hand. These guys are coming from elsewhere. So that means they don't know you, <laughs> and you don't know them. This is completely anonymous, and most importantly, you don't have to come to me for confession. I get it, I get it. Nobody wants to come to me for confession, which is fine, because I don't want to confess my sins to you either. <laughs> Consider making some time before Christmas to come to confession. It's a powerful way to dispose yourself to grace. And if it's been a while, or you aren't sure what to do or what to say, our guides can help you out there too. 
It's got it all in black and white, step by step, everything you need to know. The whole exercise of growing confession, excluding wait time, can take as little as three to five minutes. And I promise you, you'll feel differently afterwards. You'll feel lighter, you'll feel peaceful. Basic confession of sin is just to say you're sorry. In this Advent, maybe you could do that. Maybe you could honestly ask yourself if there's someone, if there's anyone you need to apologize to, which there probably is if you're anything like me. Name that person. Then look for an appropriate time and place to say you're sorry. Give it a try and see if you don't sense a little more of God's peace in your life. It's a gift of grace. You know, we can't demand grace. We don't deserve it. We can never, ever earn it, that's for sure. But we can position ourselves to recognize it and receive it. And that's what Advent is all about, positioning ourselves to recognize and receive the grace and favor of God. Thanks for watching. Hit that subscribe button so you don't miss a single video. You can be a part of our mission to love God, love others, and make disciples simply by sharing this video. We are so grateful you're a part of this community.